Hey everyone, welcome to episode nine of Four Goats and a Mic podcast. Uh, Jasmine is um, fucking gallivanting through the mountains of Oregon. So it's just me, Bees, and Tara today. And I think we're going to kind of like freestyle it today, right? But also kind of touch on, um, I don't know if we want to say her name because I don't want to bash Okay, we're not. Okay, I don't want to bash like another black woman or entrepreneur, but we're going to talk about some recent events where someone in our community kind of slipped up, fucked up, and um, we're going to go into that and how I think each of us would personally handle a situation like that, ha- uh, handle a situation like that happening, how to prevent it, how to bounce back, you know, just going into that whole thing. And then I think we're going to go into some topics as far as where this person was bashing like three whole fucking types of people or movements. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to episode nine. Who wants to uh, kick it off? Me? I will. Okay. okay so go ahead. Uh, basically what we want to start talking about is um, how you uh, talk to your customer base even if you don't know, like they're your customer, customer base just yet, if you plan on selling something to them, I think we should touch on how uh, people interact with their customer bases and how they bash them or don't bash them and how they uplift them and compliment them. Because I think that says a lot about who you are as a person and how your business will succeed in the long run. Because I found that, that the comments that were made towards customers it just, to me, that wasn't right. And I feel like you have to talk to people a certain way. And if you want people to spend money with you and you want them to respect you as a business owner and respect you as a person, you have to talk to them a certain way. Yeah. I don't really think it matters how a customer talks to you. Like, obviously it's not cool to be disrespected, but Mm -hmm. as a business owner, as an entity, as a brand, you just kind of have to suck it up and eat it solve the issue and then you don't have to like accept payment from them again they mm-hmm. you don't have to have them be a customer again but um you know i see a lot of people like pop off and be disrespectful or they're like venting and have like thousands of followers hundreds of thousands of followers millions of followers and even if it's a personal account that you're doing this on it just makes potential customers feel like damn like you're hella unprofessional. So like, how are you going to treat and handle me if something goes wrong with my order or if I have a question or you put your own tone behind my email that I send you or a message I send you about my order, right? Because a lot of times, I don't want to say a lot of times, sometimes tone gets misinterpreted. Like, you know, if I wake up first thing in the morning, I'm I'm grouchy as shit. So I might like take a tweet a certain way or misread it, right? when that person wasn't even coming at me like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when you're public and on social media, you don't really get the privilege of having personal space like that. You know, you got to do that offline or somewhere where people aren't following you Mm because it hurts you in the long run as a company and as a brand. I think these people shitting on their customers and stuff aren't going to last very long because when it comes down to, cutting expenses and deciding, you know, when, when the, um, what is it called? When unemployment runs out and shit gets tight in what, September, August, September, you know, are you going to be a company where a customer is going to be like, you know what, I'm going to move some other shit around and I'm going to keep that or not nah, fuck them, you know? 
she talks mm-hmm. shit to me on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not fucking with her right. when it comes to pending expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but with this, it was literally like she literally said, "I made a million dollars. Fuck y'all. I don't need you." Like that was a direct like f mm-hmm. you to your customers. Like I don't <laughs> need y'all. Already made a million dollars. I don't care. Y'all can't cancel me. Twitter can't cancel me. You can't say stuff like that to people who you literally can. built you up and like gave you the following that you have and mm-hmm. you know honestly gave you the million dollars that you got. You got yeah. it from them. You got it from people on Instagram. But you specifically saying like Twitter can't cancel me. She she put a huge target on her back. I would never say nothing like that because Twitter has the best investigators ever. So if you want to say Twitter <laughs> can't cancel you. I bet you they're going to find some reason to cancel your ass. So you might want to watch your mouth for real, for real. Cause I, I'd never say that. Cause people can find anything, find some, make mm-hmm. something up. You never know. They just started digging. They just started digging like, Oh, Oh, look at this. Look at this. Like once the scrapbook came up, it was a wrap. It was yep. a wrap. Mm-hmm. It was they like, were Whoa, you pay- they were you digging. They were literally like Google image digging and they sent it to every person that that they basically the part they're like hey is this your book hey is this your your template hey is this yours and i was saying i was showing y'all i was like yo this is a lot like this is a bad look like you know the first one i was like okay maybe that could be a mistake on the designer or you know on somebody else's part or you know it's just a list you know that wasn't too specific but then when it started getting into actual like the thing looked exactly the same i'm like yo this is bad you know this is really bad and I, and it, it was not just this one person, because I want to touch on, there's a couple other people on Twitter that have made their success from people on social media, right? And now that people are, you know, asking them questions about their business, or maybe their orders are late, or something or another, and people are just, I understand, like, we're in, we're in, it's a pandemic, we got protests going on, we have a lot going on, right? Everybody's going through a lot of stuff right now, but you as a business owner cannot go off on people online because they're telling you that their order is six weeks behind and it hasn't been fulfilled you know you can't you just can't do that you know you can't show people hey i'm making all this crazy money and then tell them that you can't fulfill their order and it's been two months you look greedy it makes you mm -hmm. look greedy and it makes it seem like you don't care like how are you talking about oh i make a million here i made a million there but you can't even fulfill your orders like you Mm -hmm. can't fulfill your orders they're late you saying you don't have enough help hire some help. You just made a million dollars. You telling me you can't hire a team, hire mm-hmm. more people. Stop being so greedy. I mean, that's really what but, it comes yeah. down to. Mm-hmm. Stop being so greedy. Like act like a actual business and get what you need in place so you can stay, you know, like in the right space. You don't ever want to mm-hmm. be six weeks behind on order on orders. That means that you took too many damn orders. So yeah. that's you being greedy point blank period. Like you took way too many orders if you six mm-hmm. weeks behind. Especially if you're a physical product, that means you're not keeping track of your inventory. You don't, ha- you probably don't have any idea of your expenses, right? So like you're taking that extra to cover past you shit you owe mm-hmm. and to keep you afloat. And that cycle, that's a really tough cycle to get out of. That's why a lot of businesses go out of business, right? Because it's, you know, it's, it's the same thing as like payday loans or taking, you know, capital loans and stuff. You're, constantly playing catch up catch up catch up you're always six weeks behind that's not a fun business to run always being behind and owing people shit like no wonder you're stressed and barking at people online you're stressed the fuck out you owe people money you owe people product (laughs) you know you can't hire because literally everything that's coming in has to be fulfilled to the people you're six weeks behind on 
Nah, I'll, I'll do digital all day before I do physical. <laughs> yeah, and then right. the thing on top of that is that like, you know, so she's so behind on those orders and she's taking more orders, but it's a pandemic. How long is it going to take her to get these new products in? Right. You got to think about that. You don't know. You don't Especially know how long it's going to take Especially when your manufacturers are all over the place. No, but I think Man. where everyone fucks up is you can't shit on your audience as a whole. Like someone individually fucks up with you, fucks up or fucks with you. Okay. You know, that's different. Right. Or like, uh, I would, I would stay away from shitting on your audience, an entire platform, a whole movement. It's better not to like, it, instead of like discussing politics, and I don't want to say politics you're against, but mostly talking about what you're for. Right. Instead of attacking other people, instead of saying like, and I'm bad at this because I'm always telling people what I don't fuck with. Right. But, you, you know, a different way to handle that is like, well, what do you support instead of constantly talking about what are you against? But mm -hmm. shitting on Twitter as a platform, huge mis mistake. Shitting on your, like, your race and your community, huge mistake. Shitting on people's work and lifestyle, huge mistake. Like, three in a row where you're just like, dog, it's going to be hard for anybody to support you because you literally just basically said fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I don't need anybody. I'm good. And you only hit a mill. You only hit a mill. That's not going to last you very long. Very long Uncle, Sa Uncle Sam says that's not a million dollars no more. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, he going to come take his before it even hit a mill. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're doing your shit right, that's, you know, mm -hmm. you can at least say goodbye to what, 15, 20% of that on top of operating expenses. On top of what you owe people, cost the goods. Like I put away, I put away twenty seven percent just to make sure I cover my CPA, any extra filing fees. I'd put away thirty percent. That's what I do. Then and I want to talk keep about the difference. <laughs> I want to talk about like not having people on your team who are comfortable enough to check you or literally take your shit from you and be like, "You're bugging." Or, you know what? I'm not gonna fuck with you. Like it doesn't mean that. Like this happened to me recently, where like. I just felt like a friend of mine was being so out of pocket. Like, I can't even talk to you right now. Like, I can't fuck with you right now because you're being wild. You're being crazy. And like, what you're saying literally harms me, my friends, as a person, like as people, as women, right? And so it's like, I think once you get to a certain point, people get scared of like saying like, you know what? Like, it's love, but I'm not fucking with you right now. You know, like I can't right now, like you're doing way too much. You need to check yourself. You need to course correct and reflect. But I feel like that's hard. People get scared of saying, no, you're fucking up. Like, yeah, that's once not people right. start making money, they're scared to say something to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are scared. I think what did Ari say? You said something, Ari, about uh, people oh, won't check people, you because you're, they're afraid no, they no, people get put on. There you go. People don't check you because they think they're still going to get put on. And I think that is really, really big. And to me, if you don't want to check me or you won't point out something that's wrong to me and I know that I'm wrong or, you know, I know I fucked up and you still don't want to point it out. You're like, no, you all good. You all good. I don't respect that. I look mm -hmm. at it as a sign of weakness. And then I'm not going to point it out, but I notice that shit. Like if I, if I fucked up and I'm like, yo, I'm so sorry. Here you go. And you're like, nah, it's all good. Like I fuck with you. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yo, I really fucked up. Like, you know, you can, you know, be like, you don't have to overkill it like that to a point where 
you got to make me feel good, you know, about messing up. And I think a lot of people, they see somebody that they may think is above them, even though nobody is above anybody. They may see somebody that they think is financially, you know, above them or in a better spot in life. And they think, well, if I just suck up to them and I never point out any of their wrongs, they'll put me on. And I think so to me that you can do for somebody in a position mm-hmm. of power or money is not be like, you know what? You're yeah, fucking up. Them. That's mm-hmm. not cool. I'm not, I'm not with that. You know, I think once you lose my respect, you lose my loyalty, you, you lose my support and help. And that doesn't come by easily. Right. But again, like it's fair game for everybody. It would have happened to anybody else who was doing the same crazy and wild shit. Right. And like I tell y'all, like if I'm out of line, if I'm wild in, I want y'all to tell me, like sit me down and tell me and I'll be receptive mm-hmm. to it. And I hear you and I want to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, nah, you know, and you know, some people, they serve their purpose for a certain amount of time and you know, everybody can't make it with you. Right. Or our journeys separate, right. You, you fuck with people for a certain amount of time, you get to where you're intended to be. And then, you know, but still like, fuck. That's losing not necessarily a bad, thing, a bad thing, though. People are not going to be there forever. You, losing mm-hmm. people who will tell you, like, you're doing a lot and you need to chill. You need to relax. Like, I don't ever want to be surrounded by yes people. I want to be surrounded by, no, break holes in it, tear it apart, you know, lay me out. I don't ever mm-hmm. want anybody around me who's just going to tell me yes all the time. Mm-hmm. That is so, so true. And I think a lot of people lack those people in their lives because they look to only have friends. People are non-confrontational, okay? And I'm one of those people. I don't like a lot of confrontation, but I will do the hard shit to get through somewhere, okay? People do not like confrontation at all. So they tend to stay in friendships and relationships with people that they necessarily don't agree with a lot of things they do. They They let shit slide. They let a lot of things slide and a lot of things just go because they don't want to deal with any confrontation they don't want any issues they don't want to oh I don't want you know they don't want to have to be like I don't want that person in my life anymore even though they know damn well that's not somebody that should be around they just don't want to end that you know and I think a lot of people struggle with that I struggled with it when I was in my early 20s when I was like 18 19 you know just being around people and just like you know seeing things in them knowing that it's wrong and still choosing to still be around them bad thing (laughs) yeah some people you just you see certain things and you know you need to cut them off immediately and then Mm -hmm. you just kind of like let them linger for a little too long until it's like too much and then that's when you finally cut it off so Mm -hmm. I mean I think that you know it's hard to let go of friends that you you know you really like that you right might have a lot of love for but sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have to do it you know if they're not doing right by you or they're just wilding out or doing stuff you don't like you know you just have to learn how to let some people go they're not always going to make it with you and it sucks because you want all your like you know your day ones to make it with you or people who you've grown a lot with and done a lot with to Mm -hmm. make it with you to the top but you know it don't always work out like that um but I do want to get into uh, what that person did wrong, the entrepreneur did wrong, and what mm-hmm. she should have um, done differently in terms of the designer. Because mm-hmm. once she ended up getting caught up, they wanted to blame uh, it on the designer, and now they're saying they're trying to they're trying to sue the designer now. So yeah, no, they said that they said there's a lawsuit pending, pending and then they deleted the and then they deleted it. But they did say there was a lawsuit pending on the designer, and I had 
a little bit of an issue with that because I've done a lot of research in, you know, starting this brand. And, you know, I told you I was researching copywriting and all of that stuff. And I know for a fact, designers don't do words until you give them the words to design and, you know, put the thing on there. They don't come up with content for you. Okay. They don't write copy. Like on the stacker field manual, he was like, what words you want on there? And I had to literally write the words down and send it to him so he could actually, you know, design, design it for me. <laughs> yeah. So what, right. that is to me is a cop out. And I think if you mess up, you got to own up to your shit, you know, to me hiding behind it's the designer we're suing. That doesn't, that's strike one right there. You already fucked up. Now you dig it yourself a little bit deeper, you know? Yeah. I think regardless of what happened, it doesn't matter at this point because as mm -hmm. the owner of your brand and your business, you said, all right, cool. Let's publish that and sell it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're not knowledgeable enough in your own practices, like this could have all been avoided with Googling a couple pages of like the titles and questions. Right. Or having someone on your team saying, Hey, the way this is put together is shitty. <laughs> this doesn't look right. Do you want your name yep. attached to this? Or like, when I review shit for y'all, y'all already know. Like, I'm going to go in and like dig into it deep, make suggestions of how to improve it because <laughs> I want y'all to be like, present yourselves in the best way possible. But, you know, ultimately we're kind of a reflection of one another, right? So if I'm mm -hmm. going to tell people, hey, go buy this, like, that shit better look good. The content better be on point and that shit better look good, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, just before anything goes live and I'm going to okay it, even like my new sales pages and ad copy I got, I'm still putting sentences every couple paragraphs into Google and searching just to make sure it's not similar to anything. Nobody else wrote it because once you get labeled as a scammer, a theft or a thief, a plagiarist, like that is really, really hard to come back from. But anyway, like I was saying, like, regardless of what happened, you got to eat that and just be like, I accept full responsibility for it. That was never my intention. I let it go out. I didn't do my part. I didn't do my due diligence. And I'm going to do everything possible to correct this and make it right. Mm -hmm. I'm issuing refunds to everybody. You don't have to send me anything back. I'm not selling any more of these. And, you know, once I get everything figured out, according to like my team and lawyers, I'll hit y'all back, but I am so sorry. I would directly tag anybody who was involved, right? And just be like, like, I'm sorry, this was never my intention. I didn't mean to steal from you, right? I'm going to correct this. I'm going to make it right. I'd love to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation and, you know, do whatever it takes to make it right, you know, and have that conversation in person as well. Um, I forget her handle, but another girl was like, you know, she should pay those people to collaborate you know, and do something together, which I think is a nice gesture. But if you steal from me, I'm not doing shit with you. <laughs> you know, it's not doing anything with you ever. Nah, <laughs> no, you know, and it's unfortunate that it's going to be even more difficult for her as a black woman, right? Her comeback is going to be a lot harder. She's going to have to do so much more, but it wouldn't be as much or as difficult of a journey had she not shit on the platform that helped build her shit on you know the current movements and political shit that's going on and shit on how people make money right mm -hmm. so you have like all these things working against you now it's a uphill battle mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I want people to take this. Up. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Dude. If she would have just shut up, she would have never really had any of these issues. She first started with the protest. I forgot about that. First started with the protest. Then it was, fuck y'all. Y'all can't cancel me. Or fuck y'all. I don't need y'all. Mm-hmm. Forget nine to five people. I don't need y'all. Forget black people in general. She said, I don't need y'all. Then she said, fuck Twitter. Y'all can't cancel me. It was just all bad. She should have just shut up and she would have really not ever been into in this uh, position because mm-hmm. what the book been out for a little while, right? I think oh, wow. it been out for a minute. So she, that, that she been dropped that and none of them saw it. You want to know why none of them saw it? Because her target audience is not their target audience. So they right. didn't even like, they would have never even known that she had stole their stuff if she would have just shut up. But I'm, this goes to show people that being a content creator is not as easy as it seems. It's way easier to steal and copy and paste shit that you see online than it is to actually come up with your own content, create mm-hmm. your own courses, create your own books, create your own workbooks, whatever it is. It's way harder to do that. It's so easy to steal. There's so many people out here stealing, like we talked about earlier. So many people. Mm-hmm. And you know what also happened? Like I, This has happened to me where I've had an idea and tweeted about it. And then some robot was like, hey, you stole this tweet from somebody else. I'd never seen this person's account before. But it was, it was an idea that I got somewhere on the internet. And I was just sharing like, hey, something I do for Silas is he has his own email account. And every now and then I'll email him like a picture, some of your tweets, you know, words of encouragement. So that when he's like 12 or 13, he can log in and see that stuff. Right. And like someone tried to call me out for that. And I was like, yo. I never said that was an original idea, right? But right, right. it just made me realize, like, wow, I have to be very careful about even claiming something is original or not stating something that isn't original. Because, you know, I don't feel like any ideas are really original, right? You know, there's been tons of times where I've never talked to anybody about anything and someone else did the exact thing that I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like ideas are mm-hmm. out there. It's all about who executes first, right? But just covering your ass like that or being the first to execute. But just Google your shit before it goes live, man. Just. Yeah. I just want people to look at this as like a learning experience and not like a bashing session. We're not here to bash anybody. We just want to teach people what not to do and where where they went wrong in the situation. Because I feel like a lot of our audience are aspiring business owners or young business owners or, you know, new business owners. And they, it's not that they necessarily uh aim to mess up but subconsciously you know they follow a lot of older you know uh, more established business owners and what they do and they end up following them in the same things that they do so i want people to look at this as like lessons learned you know don't take so many orders where you can't fulfill them and then get on the internet and bash your, your your customer base don't sell millions of dollars worth of product and then bash your customer base and the the nine to five thing kind of gets me because it's like in the society that we have, there's always got to be people that have nine to fives. Like there's always going to be people that have regular jobs. Not everybody can be a business owner and not everybody wants to be a business owner. There are nine to five people out there that make way more money than business owners. People need to understand that. So this whole connotation that if you have a nine to five, you're broke. And if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, you have money because that's not how it goes. And the whole, if you have a nine to five, you're not as smart as the business owner, because obviously that has been debunked, you know? Yeah. I think what she was trying to say, 
or what I took it as, as far as my experience is, is really not even how you make money. It's like your mm-hmm. whole mindset, right? So like, I'm not going to do well with somebody who, when they clock out and they're done with work for the day, I need to be available to them to like entertain them or whatever, or like mm-hmm. me working or studying at night is going to be a problem. They're going to hit me like, you know, you don't text me back. You're so busy mm-hmm. all the time. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like that's, what's the problem for me. It's like, you know, Hey, how are you? Great. Thinking about you. All right, cool. And then move about my day, you know? And then like, you know, once or twice a week, we, you know, sync up for like an hour to talk and then, you know, go about the day, our days. So I feel like that's what she was trying to say. Right. Mm-hmm. But I got she, that part. I definitely you know, understood that part. She didn't say that. Right. And so if you're, I feel like unless you're in this world and have like this lifetime lifestyle or type of schedule or like under insight into it, it mm-hmm. can be taken a wrong way, which it was, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think she communicated what she was, what I was hope, what I hope she was trying to say at mm-hmm. all. But that's what I took from it, where it's just like, she was more so saying like, I'm more compatible with somebody who has the tape, the same type of like work and personal lifestyle or who has at least understanding and isn't going to get on me and annoy me or want to talk all day or yeah. bullshit or has a little bit more freedom as far as like, <laughs> But, you know, even like as an entrepreneur, I feel like in the first like two or three years, you don't even really have that much freedom to start with, you know, <laughs> like you're, you're working more than you would work a nine to five, you know, it's a lot harder. There's no guarantee. There's no security. Like you're, it's expensive, you know, to run a business. So I don't know, but she just, they just handled that someone should have reviewed that before yeah well see when I I at first I saw the tweets and I I, I got what she was saying because I did I really did I got it like if you're with somebody that doesn't understand your hours or your lifestyle or the fact that you're gonna stay up all night to finish it then it's not gonna work out it's when people hit her with all the backlash right then she went around and doubled down with a video saying that nine to five people don't have the same mindset as her. And she dated some dude when she had a nine to five and then he had a nine to five and then she leveled up and he still had the nine to five mindset. And I think that's where it went left because you can't say things like, Oh, nine to five people don't have my mindset. It's nine to five people out there that make $400,000 a year and got business locked down. And they have the mindset of business owners. They run businesses, you know? So like you can't, that the videos is what made it bad. The tweets weren't as bad, but when you go back and double down on video, like I said what I said, he, he don't got the mindset, he can't be around me or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it should never be about killing your mm-hmm. It should be about, for me, that person I was mm-hmm. dating wasn't a fit. They didn't get it. But when you start saying like everyone who works in nine to five or you're just general nine to five, mm-hmm. that's where people will start to get in your ass. Yeah. I mean, most people that, that, are doing you know the shopping online and they're on social media and in these spaces they they work regular jobs even if they're small business owners like work they work jobs too you know even if you are a small business owner if you do your taxes the right way you still got a job (laughs) but honestly you can't shit on people like that because at the end of the day like b said twitter is like the invest like the fbi you know and twitter is the base for everything that ripples out into social media. Like this shit will start here and they're going to get wind of it on everywhere. Facebook. 
on two weeks later and you still won't be, be getting drug on another app like it'll be on tiktok videos it'll be on instagram and it's crazy oh, because i'm pretty sure twitter has the least amount of users of all those apps facebook instagram tiktok and uh what's the other one uh I'm, i think i'm missing one a thriller or whatever they all have way more users than twitter twitter just has a lot of a small a small group of active users it's like a like what 80 million active users or something like yeah, that something and like when that, they yep. get a hold of something it always starts on twitter and then it goes to instagram and then it goes to facebook and then it trickles out everywhere else so when you start you know and then when you have like a speech or something or a video somebody can easily just clip your video down to the way that they they want it to you know whatever it is and that can be misconstrued on other platforms so when you say i don't fuck with people with a nine to five right somebody gonna take that little segment right there with your face in saying that and put it everywhere, you know? And while we got what you were saying, everybody else not gonna get what you're saying. And so when you're trying to, you got your Facebook ads going, you got your Google ads going for your product, all they gonna think about is, well, they don't, they don't fuck with people with nine to five. So they think that I got the broke mindset or something like that. They're not gonna buy your shit. Right, right. So, <laughs> and it's crazy because her whole thing is helping people manifest. But you literally just said, fuck them. So why would they buy anything from you? How like that, they really oh now you don't really care if they manifest anything because you said you don't care about them so yeah this whole, the whole the manifestation manifestation goes to thing. people <laughs> like when you really get into that stuff and like you really work with somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about you realize how much bullshit there is online because it's not enough like the word. I'll get into it a little bit, right? And I am by no means a pro or expert. Like I, I worked with a mindset coach for two years, twice a month, two hour calls where we just dug through like every limiting belief, fear, everything. Like she got in my ass about everything that came up, right? And so like we, we once had a conversation about words of affirmation or affirmations, right? People just saying these affirmations and stuff and they actually hurt you by saying like the wrong affirmations or just saying anything because subconsciously, if you don't believe the shit you're saying, like I'm a money magnet, if you don't mm -hmm. believe it, it's really not the words that matter. It's how you feel saying those words. And when you feel or you're subconsciously like, I don't really believe that. I'm not really vibing with that. You're reinforcing more of that subconscious feeling and attracting mm -hmm. more of that. I don't really feel that. I don't believe that. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's the same thing with like, spiritual and magic shit which i won't get into too much but it's like stop relying on fucking pinterest twitter all these people who are just posting information who don't know what the fuck they're talking about right mm -hmm. be wary of everybody and let them prove some shit to you let them say some shit and like honestly take a good year before really implementing anything you know someone has to say because a lot of mm -hmm. these people a lot of these accounts these manifestation law of attraction spiritual magic accounts whatever they don't have the proper training and oversight from like an elder or whoever to even know what the fuck they're talking about you know which i'm not even gonna get into this whole like you don't have to get shit. into it you know they're but it's like they, look they read the secret like i did and they just <laughs> took it up took it upon themselves to and read some expert. of the shit in there and now they're expert but like if you really want to know what they're talking about it's like hey Death and life are in the power. Uh, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's that's all is being said in the secret. It's basically saying if you want something, put it out in the universe. Speak on it. 
affirmations and then work towards it. That's all these people are selling you. That guys. is the, the best attraction. thing you can do. <laughs> that is Fuck all your affirmations. Just take action towards what you want. Don't mm -hmm. worry about how it's going to happen. Just start taking steps. And I swear to God, it'll unfold and happen for you. If you just mm -hmm. stay consistent and keep working towards and taking steps, forget your, affirma yeah. your affirmations and shit, your money you're burning, your altars and shit. Fuck all that. Just take action. Right? Yeah. A lot, a lot of that shit is it, they're playing on people's. It's just like, I, I don't want to get too deep into this, but it's just like people that play on people's need for uh, religion or some kind of like deity or something. And they play on that and they use that against them to milk them or whatever they need. It's the same thing. It's like a whole spiritual law of attraction. I'm not shitting on these people. I'm just saying this is what you guys feed off of. You feed off of people that don't really have any direction. They don't really know what they want. And then you feed them this magical plan that if you can manifest something and you just say it, you say it enough and you believe it Think enough, and you thoughts. click your heels too twi twice, that shit is just going to magically appear. And I think that is very damaging to a lot of people because these people are really just looking for help. They're really looking for knowledge. They're really looking for growth. And when people come to me and they're like, look, I need some help out. This is what I want to do. I'm like, look, this is what you need to do. You need to wake up every morning. If you want to be a fucking real estate investor, write that shit down on your fridge, write it down in your planner, write it, figure out what you got to do. Wake up every single day and get to it. That is the only way you're going to get it. I read the secret like 90 times. I got the same thing from it. Put it out in the universe. This is what I want to do. You know, network with people that do the same thing. Take action. Exactly. That's it. Yep. Yep. And if you want to read another book, read Think and Grow Rich. You there you read go. That book as well. And then that's why I'm always saying on Twitter, I don't ever say any negative affirmations. I don't retweet any negative affirmations ever. I don't call myself broke. I don't call broke. myself nope. poor. I don't do any of that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care how little money I have. I don't care how much money I have. It don't matter. I'm never going to say it. Like, because that stuff really carries on with you. When people like to say like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll never do this in life or whatever. Like, is your words are very powerful. So you mm -hmm. can't ever be constantly talking yourself down. You know, some people wonder why their lives are like never good. You're always talking about how bad your life is. See how good your life is when you start just telling yourself, you know, I'm going to have a good day today. My life is great. I'm going to be happy today. I'm going to achieve my goals. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to do that. Focus on the I can positive. figure anything out. That's my big yep. thing. I can figure yep, anything yep. out. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I'll figure it out. There it is. I don't think it's, it's not just saying it. So a lot of people don't believe in themselves. Yes. And I think that's where they need to start. Like you got to really love yourself and you got to really believe in yourself. Like I can do this shit. Because I've been there before. I was like 19, 20, 21. Like, I don't know if I can do this. This is when I was like, you know, kind of everywhere, kind of sleeping in my car some night because I didn't have enough time to go home and get back to work in the morning. Like, you know, you just all over the place. And I'm like, I really had to be like, you know what, Tara, this is not going to be the rest of your life. You're not going to always be working two restaurant jobs. You're not always going to be, you know, struggling for money. You're not always going to be, uh, you know, always zipping from work to job to job. This is not going to be it you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And I set out and it took me some years, but I did it. And I think the whole part of that is I gave up on the instant gratification shit a long time ago. And a lot of people, what they do is they manifest, like they think it, they'll say it, but they want it instantly. And I had to yep, unlearn yeah. that myself. Like, okay, even though I'm saying this every day for a week, it doesn't mean come Monday, once the weekend's over, it's just going to magically happen. No, it 
I got to keep saying this for a year and I got to keep saying this for 18 months and then I got to keep saying this for two years and I got to keep going. You have to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And the only way that you're going to get anywhere is you have to put the work in. You can't just say it. I can think all day. I used to do this in high school. And uh, if any one of my old bass, my old teammates are listening, y'all will laugh. Because I used to say this in high school. I'd be like, I'm going to be the best basketball player ever. And then go to practice and slack. <laughs> I would go to eat Chick-fil-A before practice and be dying on the court. But I would be like, I'm going to be just like Lisa Leslie. And then when the scouts came out and I realized I'm not going to be like Lisa Leslie because I didn't put the work in, you know? Thanks, it's just, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> and a lot yeah. of people don't realize that. The they just, you got to put the work in. I had people on my team in. that was working out every Saturday morning, like six hours a day. They were doing practice. I was at the house. I wasn't doing shit. I just knew I was going to yep. be Lisa Leslie. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's the part that people don't want to hear. Like there's mm-hmm. no instant gratification. There's no magical key that's going to help you do whatever it is you're trying to do. You have to yep. put the work in. I don't care what mm-hmm. it is you're trying to do. You got to put the work in. Yeah, you can't just be like, "Oh, well, you know, I'm going to just buy this and boom, everything's going to change for me." Or, you know, I'm going to just like Forces, watch info, this or do consults nothing you have to put the work in so yep. if you think that just and that means doing somebody, the work mm-hmm. yes I have implementing what you bought or learned like mm-hmm. I, I take your course what i do next well did you build your project plan did you yeah. set up your marketing and engagement tracker are you posting in groups for how long right. are you doing it every day how many messages are you sending how many people are you responding to how often are you right. posting content yeah. Are you actually going through the it. are you actually going through what you bought? Did right. you actually go through yeah. it? Did you actually read it? Did you do what is in there? Like did you actually Did use you use what you, what you paid for? Yes. <laughs> I had somebody yeah. that was like, I can't find any mobile homes. And I was like, Okay, well let's just walk through your process, kind of just tell me what you're doing. And I was like, Yeah, well, I'm just going online, da da da. I was like, You gotta get out there. You have to drive out there. They're like, well, I can't find them online. I was like, You're not going to. This is like the old wild, wild west. They're, they don't, these people don't have full Facebook profiles of their right, whole yeah, community like with all the homes for sale on there. It's not like that. You have to get out there. You have to do the legwork in anything that you're doing. You know, I had somebody ask me, they're like, oh, you haven't bought a mobile home park. I thought you bought a mobile home park. I was like, look, this shit takes time. I got to evaluate all the numbers. Even if I find a park that I want, I still got to evaluate the numbers. You got to come, it got to look right. If they don't own a finance, then I got to move on to another deal. And I'm like, you guys saw me say I'm going to buy a mobile home park and automatically assume that shit was going to happen in two weeks. I am here to tell you instant gratification. That shit don't rock with me. Okay. I will sit and wait for nine months, 10 months, 11 months, 12 months. Like I started in mobile homes in October of 2018 and then buying one till May, 2019. Like it just happens like that. I don't deal with instant gratification because for me that only it, it stunts your growth in the long term. I think people aren't willing to do everything possible until something hits and they're not willing mm-hmm. to wait a year, two mm-hmm. years, three years until something hits. They think, mm-hmm. all right, I decide I'm going to do this. I'm going to try one thing. Nothing happened. All right. I'm done. That's it for me. Yep. Yep. It took me two and a half years to get overseas. People think that I did that stuff overnight and you got to think about <laughs> it. I started in the defense industry when I was 16 and mm-hmm. Um, so I started when I was 16 early. 
Yeah, so I was getting certs early. So it was it's a process. Like it, it's not going to take you that long, but it all depends on where you start. If you starting from zero, it's not an overnight process. It's not an overnight mm-hmm. thing. So you got to work your way to get to where you want to be. So if you don't even have step one, which is a clearance, don't expect for it to happen in less than 18 months, like, because it's just not happening. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, stuff's not overnight. And people have to understand and be okay with that. Like, I don't know what it is now, but people act like, you know, 12 months, 24 months, they act like that's an eternity. It's, it's really not. That time is going to pass anyway. So you might as well be working on whatever it is you claim that you want. Well, I think our generation, I think we got the best of both worlds because we grew up without, we grew up on dial up, you know what I'm saying? We grew up waiting on shit. We did. We, <laughs> okay. We grew up waiting. We, grew up waiting. we played online on dial up. I used to play PS2 on dial up, had a 40 foot telephone cord. That Download was some lag. No Amazon. Pick up the phone. <laughs> Bruh, and the internet would go out. Cause she picked up the phone and she's on the phone with her friends. Like these, these kids have no sense no Amazon. of patience. So like, I think, like I told you guys years from now, we're going to see all these studies on how social media affected people in like major ways. And Amazon's going to be a part of this study because even I, I've even noticed this. I'm like, y'all got a week shipping, even though a week is not bad. <laughs> Right, right. Like, where's the like, damn Amazon? Give me overnight. Like, I, don't, I don't need this shit next day or in two days if I think about it. But I'm no, I don't. Getting it soon. I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm gonna pay more shit. on Amazon to get it sooner. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And Amazon yeah, either Am- pull up same day or tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazon is the reason why a lot of small business owners have to do free shipping. Like, you have to like oh, raise yeah. the price and include the shipping in whatever it is you're selling because most people don't. They don't want to pay it. They're like, they see it. And then they're like, oh, $5 for shipping? Well, I'm going to just go find something on Amazon instead. So you kind of have to roll it into your product now. So Have y'all noticed this with Amazon also? Their uh, Amazon branded products are really expanding. So like I needed to get Tylenol for my Mm -hmm. back. My back's been killing me this week. And I went and I typed in ibuprofen. And instead of, you know, the regular Advil or Tylenol popping up, the first two rows were Amazon branded products and half the price. And yeah, more. They, bought, they bought some uh, pharmacy. Bees, we talked about this a long time ago. Yeah. Like last year, they bought a pharmacy. I forgot what it was. And they wanted to expand into the online pharmacy world, which was genius because this happened like over a year and a half ago. So they've already established everything as far as they're getting their medication, people getting their medication through Amazon. But yeah. I noticed it with like my extension cord I bought, mm-hmm. my light. Like they're Amazon so basics or Amazon basics right there. So I'm like, Oh, yeah, shit. That's why Amazon all these people, exactly. All these people built their business model that relies on Amazon FBA. And my guess is that they're, Amazon they're took with. all that data, all that information, all that pricing and undercut everybody that's on the yeah. platform. Yeah, well, they, Amazon yeah, they, is they, kicking they, their ass right now. They are, mm-hmm. they are literally they're literally taking companies who are thriving on Amazon. They're taking them out of business because mm-hmm. you, like Amazon, really what they're doing, Amazon basic, they're taking all of the high profit products and they're taking it and they're creating in-house. it on their own. Yep. And they're doing it all in house. And of course, everybody's going to buy from Amazon first, unless you have like a brand that you've been rocking with for years, like Anchor or Anchor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anchor. Line. 
huh? not playing on your own platform. You're playing on Amazon's platform so they can deprioritize your listing just yep. because. But if you have a brand that you like, like me, I'm always typing in like anchor, whatever. Like, so I I'm always, if I buy it, I buy it on anchor, but anchor, they played the, they played the long game. They're in target mm-hmm. now. So when now yeah. when I go to Target, I buy the Anchor brand right in store. Right. I don't have yep. to wait on Amazon no more. So if you were doing Amazon FBA and you never got into retail wholesale distribution, you better start. That's that's a wrap. You better start it, or you might want to do already kind of. You already kind of messed up. Now you better have put some money away. All those people that was making six figures every month off Amazon. I mean, there were whole articles about how, uh, you know, owners of stores was like, look, I had this product on here. There was one guy, he was selling um, these like grow lights. We're talking like little, little light bulbs, they're like 15 bucks to grow your plants. And he had been selling them successfully and Amazon Basics came up with their own, like, you know, little miniature grow light. It's like a 120 watt grow light. And mm-hmm. his was like, you know, 15 bucks. Now they're doing it for $9.99. How do you compete with that? You, you they have the capital. <laughs> they have everything to take you out. They own your fulfillment, distribution, <laughs> shipping. Yeah, and then when you look for grow light, the first couple of ones are all there. They own your customer data. You don't even see your customer data. Like mm-hmm. you help them. They you help you paid a fee for them to take you out. Amazon Terrible. changed the way people do business. They changed the way people just live you know because like the whole thing with like the shipping and like the instant gratification that's why nobody wants to work for anything like everybody's like well i can just you know that whole attitude i could just order on amazon and be here tomorrow it's transferred in every uh transferred into every other part of their lives you know i can just go to the gym for like a week and my body will be right you know or i could just eat good every now and then and i should be okay or you know i could put in a little bit of work and i should be able to get the million dollars that i want no that's not how it works. It's not as easy as add the cart and buy now. <laughs> yeah, they call us the microwave society. That's what mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people are. It's like instant. Like we want stuff as fast as you can put it in the microwave, cook it up real quick. Like nobody wants to actually put any work in. You tell somebody that something's gonna take 12 months, trust me, they stop listening and they moving on to the next thing. <laughs> they yep. they not doing anyone. Course after course after course after course. They spent a whole year buying courses looking for the easy route when they could have just focused mm-hmm. on something and done the work for a year and gotten the result they wanted in the same round. Yeah. I had a friend of mine refer his friend to me, right, to come into the film industry. And I told him, I was like, Look, one, you gotta take these courses, you gotta take the OSHA course, you gotta take the environmental safety course, you have to take the sexual harassment at work course, you have to pay uh, $1,500. You got to go to classes after you join the union. And then you got to network with these people. And you might have to work some low budget films like I did. And then you'll, the people that you work, like you network with on the low budget films, they usually help you get the spots on the larger films. And he was like, really? Get paid to network. <laughs> he was like, he was like, really? That That's a lot. And I'm like, it's not a lot. $1,500. You make more than that in your, in your first week's check. If you work a full week, you know, you got to work up to this stuff. Like, I didn't just start working on, you know, large productions with these huge companies out the gate. I was working on low budget films, like under under a $5 million budget or under $2 million right. budget. And the people that I met on those films, they worked on mid-level movies and they brought me on with them. And then they were like, hey, we got some bigger shit. And then they brought me on up there. That's how you, you get through anywhere in life. You don't ever, ever just walk, step off the porch and be in a high rise. Oh, That's not how it works. <laughs> 
You don't step off people, the porch. People just... on Instagram too much. Mm-hmm. They on Instagram too much. Trust me. What you see on Instagram and certain people on Twitter is not what it seems. So mm-hmm. everybody telling you it, it happened overnight. Trust me, it didn't. And if it did happen overnight, they probably lying not to you. Last long. They're making their money off of the product that they're selling you, not actually mm-hmm. what they did. So yeah, that's something Anytime that's different with like us. Mm-hmm. Horrible. They'd be like, "Oh, I made." Yeah six figures in the first three months of my Amazon fulfillment business, sign up for my course here. That's a lie. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's oh, a lie. Unless, unless you sunk six figures into your Amazon business and then made it back, like you had all the capital up front and then you did put all that money in and you evened it out. Now you're back at zero. Nothing comes easy. Nothing is, is microwavable. Like people think everything is microwavable. They think it'll just do things and just it'll instantly happen for them. No, you got to fail. You got to trip. You got to fall. <laughs> it happens. Yep. All right, I drink good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this all really comes down to still like owning your own data. Because if the people were more own focused as on much as possible, yep, if they were focused on having their own sites, their own Shopify and stuff like that, they probably oh, wouldn't get hurt too bad. But like, yeah, we could talk about it in the same way I talked about on the timeline a couple of days ago. Like I kept seeing people tweet, oh, I don't know why people use Linktree when they can make their own, you know, link website, you know. But the mm-hmm. thing is, nobody ever showed anybody how to do it. I didn't even learn how to do it. Ari kept telling me, but nobody actually showed anybody how to do it. Like, OK, yeah, it's text and buttons, but it sounds way too simple. But then yep. once you actually see somebody do it, you're like, oh, wow, it really is that simple. So, you know, if <laughs> you don't show me. somebody, yeah, if you don't show somebody how to do it, don't just keep saying like, oh, I don't understand why people do it. Well, show them. Like, so right. I made a quick thread. It literally only took me like five minutes to make a thread to show people, hey, this is how you do this. So you own your own data. Don't ever pay Linktree to get your own analytics. Don't ever pay Linktree to put any type of analytics on there when you can be doing it on your website for free. So it's all about ownership. Um, I guess if you want to find that thread, well, I'm going to make it into a blog post. So just check. I'll I'll add it to the description. Also, I'll find it and add it. Okay. But everything y'all do, like, I feel like that's something that I miss the mark on is telling people why and showing them how to do it. But like, I've been screaming at y'all for almost two years, like, own as much as possible get your shit off all this other stuff and host your own things right and it just comes back to you know it's it's great and amazing to uh own physical properties and stocks and shit like that but there's also value in your online assets as well like your blog your website your social media profiles your email list everything all of that those are all assets that's part of your digital portfolio so you want to host and own as much of that as possible. So something like Linktree, again, like these, we will link it in the podcast description. That's something you can easily set up on what you're already paying to have with your hosting. And now you're, you're using Linktree to either let them own your data or pay to see your data that you could already have with wherever you're already hosting. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, like everything y'all do, I want you to just, before you hit publish and send, I want you to think like, what do I need to do to own this data and share it with as few people as possible? Mm-hmm. And I want to thank Chuck for, uh, cause every time, like I don't listen to Chuck sometimes a lot of the times I'm gonna go ahead and be honest. I'll be listening <laughs> to him a lot of the time. 
listen to Chuck, right? Because Chuck literally, when Zoom, before this whole lockdown thing, Chuck was already working on like our, our own version of not really Zoom, but like our own video chat. That way we can video chat and unlimited whatever. And he had already implemented that, right? And then the whole quarantine hit and everybody was getting hacked on Zoom. And I was like, damn, should have listened to Chuck and just use the other platform, right? Same thing with the links. He created Tara.forsackersonly.com. He put a, a profile picture on there, put a bio. He linked like to the, uh, to the um, podcast and like the blog and everything. And then he was like, we were telling him, you know, you got to like, you know, get your content out there. You got to record. And literally this week, this whole thing happened with you talking about the whole thing, Bees. And I hit Chuck up. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start listening to you more because you definitely told me to do this in March. And we didn't build it out until May. And now I see the benefit of it because like, even though I, I know the benefit of like digital real estate, I'm not as like, as Hugo say, I ain't as techie as y'all niggas. You know what I'm saying? I ain't techie <laughs> like that. I'm techie, but I ain't techie like that. So I understand digital real estate and I understand owning your data, but I didn't know the, to, it to the fullest extent. Like I thought Linktree was just like a one page thing, kind of like Wix or WordPress. And it's, no, it's not. So you, if you host it on WordPress, you have your own host, you know, your own hosting servers, whatever you have your data, like, you know, yeah. FSO, we have our own, I own everything on FSO, you know, shout out to Chuck again, because without Chuck, I would not own everything on FSO. Cause I was right. just trying to like make something simple and go with all these other people. He was like, no, buy your domain, point it to my servers and I'll host it for you. And you own everything. We own all the data. I own my email list. I own everything that's on the stat club forum. I own everything. So if everything shuts down tomorrow, Twitter, everything, we got Chuck's towers, wherever he lives, <laughs> mm -hmm. we got the tower. I have a block. He can literally just mail me, you know, the drive and everything will be on that drive, you know? And I, I don't think, I didn't realize the magnitude of how important that was when he did that for me back in September. But like, I want to thank you so much, Chuck, because he don't listen to this because, you know, nowadays with everybody getting attacked on the internet and uh, accounts getting deleted and information getting deleted and people getting copyright notices and stuff like that. Like, you know, I can always just go and be on my own site. I got my email list. I got my own site. I got my own forum. It's all me. Yeah. I think none of us are really tripping. Like if we lost our Twitter profiles, I mm -hmm. feel like all of us are like, eh, that sucks. It hurts a little, but I have my list. Like, I'll make a burner account and go have fun <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> I have my list. Yeah. I have a whole site, you know, and I appreciate what he did. He built me out a whole forum back in the forum was done months ago, but like I wanted to release it when I knew that we had enough content and people in the community to actually be on the forum. And now it's hella people on there talking to each other. It's amazing. Every time I log in, I'm like, oh shit, let me join the conversation. So, you know, it's important to own everything. It's important to own everything that you do because you never, ever want to let anybody have the opportunity to take shit away from you. And this goes to everything that's going on in the world right now. It's important to own your shit, okay? It's important to have ownership in what you have because without ownership, you don't really have a say-so in anything that goes on around you. And it sucks, that, but that's the way the world works, you know? I think, I think digital assets can really help black people 
mm-hmm. get ahead faster, right? Because, you know, if we like think about, right? Right? Let's talk about people. Vogue real quick. Hold on. Let's talk about oh, Vogue real quick. Bro, I because they did black people dirty, but they should have never did that. The Vogue covers don't and don't participate covers. in any of those trends. Not any. Again, if you don't own this shit, I wouldn't participate in it. Right. They took those they, covers and put them right on their actual website, right? Or are they making mm-hmm. actual covers with them? I don't know what they No, did, they put it on their website them. and their blog and they have a whole campaign going on, like the Vogue challenge. Y'all but did like, it for free. Y'all did it for they free. They can't sue Vogue, right? They can't sue Vogue because they put Vogue on the damn picture. It's yeah. just like, if I wear put Getty images on my picture, I cannot sue Getty. I can't even, I wouldn't even fuck with Getty. I, like, if I was y'all, I would leave Getty alone. They don't even take their pictures, Getty none of that shit. Getty will come for you. Getty, Getty owns everything you. on the internet. Music, you for videos. Your own picture. And they, they rent the licenses out, they, you know, they lease the licenses out to people. So people think, oh, no, I own this. No, Getty owned that. And then they gave it to YouTube and said they can use it. Or they gave it to whatever company and said they can use it. But Getty owns that shit. I, so had, I, I worked for somebody who had to pay $2,000 for their posting their own picture on their blog because the old employee put it on Getty. Getty owned it after that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine your own shit? You got to pay <laughs> to post it. Where and their lawyers don't play. Their lawyers Smart are sale. petty and have the time. We tried to fight it for like four months. And then my boss is like, you know what? Fuck it. Just pay it. And at that what at one point they had like a two hundred million dollar surplus, you know, just sitting that they weren't spending or touching at all. They got time to sit in court with y'all. Mm-hmm. I would never fuck with Getty. So like that whole yeah. thing with the Vogue, that is definitely like what you said. It's a way that we can own our own shit and we can actually come up in this world because black people, honestly, we are the internet. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. We, we are. are the goddamn. We are social media. Ain't no trend yeah. on social media that starts without black people. I don't care what nobody says. It's always some young black kid or some young millennial that starts everything that we see on the internet. So when when you say like digital real estate, that is our digital real estate. Social we we are Facebook, we are Instagram, we are TikTok, we are Triller, we are Snapchat, we are Twitter. We was we was MySpace, we was tagged, we was black people, right. Black Planet, all of that shit. Before y'all <laughs> yeah. post this shit on social media your content post it on your fucking blog first and then share it from your fucking blog because at least you own it and you have a case and you can fight for your shit but when you mm-hmm. upload it to twitter tiktok whatever first you're giving away your rights to your shit yep. right you and you never know you never know what's gonna take off right but if you post mm-hmm. it to your shit first, first you take care of yourself first and then upload and link to it, you know, like share from your blog. Oh, you're in a much better position. Like then you have something that you can work with. Then you have mm-hmm. a case. Yep. Yeah. Like we stop just being in a rush to free. give up your ownership to all these other. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like, a, it's, it's, it's not talked about. It's not well known. Right. Like I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in licensing because I was giving away my intellectual property and my contracts to clients I was working with. I didn't know any better. I didn't have anybody on my side until I got on Twitter. And Josh, Josh, the David was like, Hey bitch, uh, I'm a lawyer and you're giving away your intellectual property for free when you could be licensing it. So imagine five years of systems, templates down the drain, given away for free that I could be eating off of today. Right. So again, it's like, 
we're not bringing these things up to shame anybody, to make fun of you, to chastise you. It's, it's all it is, is making you aware of your options and opportunities and how to move better than I did. I can at least speak for myself. Because how to move better than I did, not be a fucking idiot like I am. Because I'd definitely be a millionaire by now had I fucking licensed out the shit I was being paid to create. So like, shout out damn. to Josh for that because he saved Thanks, you. Josh. He saved you a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you your Twitter went crazy in, mm-hmm. in the past, what, year and a half. You could have oh, still yeah. been doing the same thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I know better now. Like, now I have stuff in my course and, like, working on trademark and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. oh. And that, man, even that's making, a process. It takes forever and it's expensive. And, like, I don't make what I was making launching uh courses and stuff doing project management like I was way busier and making more and now like I'm good but it's not like you know I don't have bonuses I don't have um bonuses from hitting goals I don't have profit share anymore like my my profit margin's a lot less than it was before being solo and on my own so like I had I wished like fuck I wish I knew these people a lot earlier starting out I, when, like, you, when you first start out, you make mistakes. Your profits aren't as, as large. You got to, you know. No, but I'm saying my profits, pop- were, my profits were large, but what oh, I gave just, up, what I gave no, up for that it. from just being ignorant to everything, you know, like, oh, it wasn't worth it. I would have Ignorance taken a lot Ignorance is a part less. of being a newbie. <laughs> yeah, but. I would have taken a lot less. But if Ari had a mentor, if Ari had somebody to talk to her early mm-hmm. on, she wouldn't have been in that position. So that's the thing too. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, they, they find no value in paying for a mentorship coaching, or paying for coaching, consultations, anything like that. They see no value in it because they're of like, course, oh, well. the PDF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like, oh, well, I can find this on free for, the, uh, for free on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you had a, a one-on-one call or you're learning directly from somebody who's already been through what you're trying to go through, trust me, you're going to get there faster. Like when I wrote the financial starter kit, I started learning about financial literacy at 19 and I went through, I had so many mistakes and I talked about it in the book. Like if you, you can learn either by trial and error or you can learn from somebody's other, somebody else's mistakes and then not make those same mistakes and you'll get there much faster. So um, yeah, you just learn quicker that way. I also want to say about the whole mentorship thing. And I think this is where the disconnect is. They feel like, well, a mentor is like somebody that takes you under their wing and shows you the ropes, you know, and they feel like I have to pay for that. Or you, But it's the men, the men, paying for the mentorship, the mentor is not really, I mean, yeah, they're getting paid by you, but you know, they could be making more money in their lane. You know what I'm saying? You're not, they're not, the benefit comes from you paying out of your pockets and now you got to show up. You know what I'm saying? This whole, it's free on the internet. Yeah, it's free on the internet, but you got to still show up when it's free. You still got to implement when it's free. When you, if like, for, for instance, if I'm trying to learn a new skill and it's just me and I'm getting on Google and I'm doing my Googles, yeah, I'm going to do my thing. But if I pay somebody $1,200 to teach me, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up and I'm going to fucking do it because I just spent $1,200. You see what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of people don't want to spend that money it's not just about spending the money. It's just like, oh, you put your money into it. Now you really got to do it. And so people don't really commit to shit. So they're like, yeah, I'll just look it up. It's free on the internet. I'll do that. You're not really committing to it. That mentorship, when you pay somebody to coach you or you pay somebody to help you and sit down with you, like Ari said, she had a mindset coach for two years. She was forced to 
change her mindset and, and realize shit about herself. It wasn't like, that hey, you can just show up either. every now and then. That was yeah. $600 a month for two years for yeah. someone to be like, to really make me face my shit and my thoughts and like deal with shit that happened to me. Not even happened to me. Really how I decided to interpret things and make what, what meaning I put behind things that I experienced like as a kid through a teen, through an adult, right? Like no one can really do anything to you. It's really mostly like, how am I going to interpret the situation and make, what am I going to make this mean? Right. But fuck, that's a lot of money. <laughs> what? 600 times tw- uh, 24. Woo. But that's what you pay for when you get like coaching or mentorship. Also get what I'm learning. I signed up for more mindset coaching and more business coaching. And what I'm learning, I'm helping my clients learn and apply to their business. So they don't, they're paying a fraction of the cost of what I'm paying, but what I'm learning and what's applicable to them is really going to help them and set them apart and get them so much more further than, you know, their competition and their peers. Right. But yeah, Tara. So it's like when you're talking about um, being on Google, you know, and once you pay somebody, you have to show up, like Mm -hmm. let the people know how long it took you to learn how to like grow on your own, grow food (laughs) on your own, learn how to do mobile housing on your own. Well, you didn't even learn mobile housing on your own. You bought a course. Yes. So, okay. So in October of 2018, I I was going to a Georgia REIA, which is basically Georgia Real Estate Investors Association. I'm a member and I go to the meetings all the time. Actually doing Zoom meetings now, but I was going to these meetings and one of my mentors there, who's always a mentor, he's kind of like, you know, would always talk to me and like, hey, email me if you have any questions. He was just one of the leaders in the group. He had like 30 single family homes up and down 85 and 75 South in Georgia. And he was, I've always talked to him like, yo, how did you do this? And he was like, you know, I worked a day job. I bought a house every year. And, you know, I've just been doing this for 30 some years, you know, whatever. So him and his friends got together and they came to the class and they talked about their, their new business idea. They had a deal where they bought a mobile home park for $1.3 million. They put up $300,000 cash and financed the rest. And they bought a mobile home park for like 100, I think it was like 160 lots or 170 lots or something like that. And he just kind of put that idea into my head. So I went home and I was studying it, studying it, studying it. And then you know how you just kind of, once you start seeing, once you learn something, you see it everywhere, right? So I got on Instagram and out of nowhere, you know, thanks to Google and, you know, data analytics and all that, uh, an ad for mobile home elite investors came up. So when mobile home elite investors came up, I decided I would just follow them on Instagram. And, you know, they do like the uh, free Wednesday webinars or whatever this is they was doing back then. They were doing the free webinars. I would just follow in everything they were doing. And if you follow mobile home elite investors, you know, like when they're in the field, they'll go live on Instagram or they'll have the IGTV videos. They'll put a whole bunch of content up. So like, mind you, October, 2018, I didn't buy my first mobile home till May, 2019. Right. I went to their, uh, they had an Atlanta meetup. It's like one of their first meetups they ever did. I want to say it was in April or March, somewhere around there, because I had talked to uh, a couple of people in that in that uh, meetup. And let's see, was it October to May to now? So now I've owned the mobile home for a year. I'm coming up on, what is this, two years in mobile homes? And I still am kind of like not an expert. I don't own thousands of mobile homes. I don't own hundreds of mobile homes. I don't own a part. I just am really 
at finding homes and doing wholesale deals and stuff like that. So it took me a while to get, you know, where I was, you know, it took almost a year from me learning about it and investing my time into learning it to the point where I actually bought one and then started making profit on it as far as rent. If you go to my growing, I started growing food in 2014, like just little like herbs and stuff in my kitchen. And I taught myself that fast forward six years, like in 2020 now, like I still, I, I'm just now, actually selling plants for profit like selling little plants and actually making a profit you know and actually learning okay well this is how you get into farmers markets or this is how you talk to chefs and uh get them your microgreens and little things like that like you know even though the restaurant industry is not like super super booming i'll be able to get back on that in like a couple months but like everything that i do it took me a really really long time to actually not just learn it but master it and actually be doing it successfully and i feel like a lot of people miss that to a point where they're like okay well I started it and it's been six months you know you still have to keep going you know like it you're not gonna be a farmer in a year like you have to go through some seasons and see plants in different seasons and see how they react and see everything you know you you don't just pick up something overnight like it like B said you started in the defense industry when you were 16 yep you 27 like me now, right? Yep, I'm 27 now. Yep, <laughs> 27 now. And people, and I'm, there's not no knock. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> there's not a knock to you, but you're not a millionaire yet. You know, you're still on the grind. Nope, still on the grind. Because I made so many mistakes at the beginning. That I mean, mm-hmm. that's really it. Like, if I, mm-hmm. if I would have paid for a financial advisor, I'm, I'm telling you, I probably would have done way better. You know, if I would have paid for a financial oh advisor, just had some help, had some guidance, because, you know, I was still learning everything. And, you know, just like you with growing, you said it took you six years to make a profit. And with growing, you didn't, you don't have a mentor. You didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't buy a course. And see, you didn't when I first like started, it. I wasn't even trying to sell anything. I was just like trying to grow. And I was just ignorant to everything and I'm like oh this didn't work this works and then I discovered hydroponics maybe in like 2016 2017 and it was like my eureka moment I was like wait a minute I don't even gotta go outside anymore I don't need soil this is amazing and you know it's still like okay well how can I turn a profit on this you know you can get really good at drawing you can get really good at painting but like at what point do you like okay how do I monetize this how do I find my audience you know what I'm yeah. saying? How am I going to be able to make money off of this and turn a product to buying supplies and spend my time on it and only making like a couple of dollars after, after everything, you know? So people have to realize that everything takes time. Like I'm still not where I want to be in life. I don't have a house in Texas, a house in Georgia and a house in Colorado. Like my plans say I should, you know, it's a process and it takes time to get anywhere you want to be in life, especially with the mobile homes. Like I told myself I want to buy a park this year. I want to buy a park this year, but you know what? If it doesn't happen this year, I'm not going to be like, well, damn, I'm never ever going to get a park. No, I'm telling you, I'm still going to have a mobile home park. I'm going to have multiple yeah. mobile home parks. I wish people pursued things with the expectation to lose everything they invested in it, right? Because yep. if you mm-hmm. go in with that thought and you're like, I already know I'm going to lose what I put into it, right? However long, I'm going to wait till I lose till I put what. I'm going to wait till I lose uh, what I put into it, right? Then I'm going to keep going until I make something. Man, that's a much better way to go into shit than thinking like, I got to have a result right away, right? I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta make hundreds of thousands of dollars right away. Like, no, 
I'm going to go into this. I'm going to lose. I'm going to fuck up. I'm going to eat shit. I'm going to learn so much from that. And then from there, I'm going to, you know, do better and, you know, get results from that after that. Happens. That was my mindset into growing. I'm like, I'm going to start and plant these seeds. I'm going to have a lot of dead plants and it's going to be nasty and it's probably going to be bacteria and bugs. But you know what? In a couple of years, I'm probably going to be a farmer. I am going to be a farmer. And like now I'm like, I can grow just about anything that I want. Like I'm yeah. really good at it. And, you know, I build up a network to where I have people that are like, hey, Tara, can you grow me some basil? So I can have some fresh basil just sitting in my kitchen in a couple of weeks. And I'm not saying I have a whole grow business where I'm, you know, I just have a small network of people that I've like, you know, people that I work with, like one of my coworkers, his wife grows, um, God, what is it called? Echinacea? Am I saying it right? Yes. His wife grows echinacea, right? That's all she grows. I help grow her herbs. We just trade plants. And then she refers me to all her mommy group friends. And it's the same thing. It's just all about, you know, building up a network, building up relationships, uh, relationships with people, learning from your mistakes. Because first I was just like, well, I'm just going to get on Facebook Marketplace or I'm just going to get on Craigslist and be like, hey, I'm selling plants. That didn't work. People were like uh, emailing me all kinds of random shit. So I was like, you know what? Let me really just learn stuff. Let me get on YouTube University. And that's when I started learning about microgreens and selling them to private chefs and uh overnight delivery of food and things like that and I'm like wait there's a way that I can do this but I say this all the time you don't learn by uh muscling through it you know what I'm saying you learn by having that long ass journey like the journey the shit that you learn along the way is what keeps you at the top like if you never learned about lawyers and trademarks and copyrights and how to run a business you can't just be handed the business because now that you have that business you're gonna fuck up you're gonna be putting out products without copywriting them and trademarking them you know you're gonna be uh putting out shit that you have no idea that you're wasting money you know what i'm saying like it took me with the fso t-shirts when i first first uh was trying to drop them i was gonna drop them with the website and i realized i was like wait a minute i can get these bulk from somebody else you know I didn't do enough research I was just trying to get some t-shirts get the logo on them and get them out because people wanted them and I had to take a step back and be like you know what let me do this the right way let me do my research for like a month on you know uh e-com and all that shit and how everything works and that's when I got on Shopify and I learned Shopify and I learned about fulfillment and I went deep you know and I was like okay I feel like I'm comfortable enough to put a product on Shopify and sell it and fulfill it myself. I know for a fact I'm going to make mistakes. I know for a fact it's gonna happen. Oh well, I made my first mistake on my first my first mistake on like the first 15 orders. I forgot to put in the weight on my shipping of the shirt. So it the weight was like zero, like it was a mail letter, right? So orders was coming in. I was like, damn, why does shipping only like 50 cents? USPS ain't 50 cents. That's a huge discount. Damn, Shopify lit. So I, I was like, you know, someone told me to Google. I was like, wait, I didn't put in my shipping shit. So I had to like pause it for like 20 minutes, go through, put in my shipping parameters, fill out my customs information because I had people from the military trying to order from, from me, like overseas and stuff. And that was my first mistake. Like I'll own up to this shit. I made that mistake when I first dropped the FSO t-shirts. I did not put in this, the fucking weight for a t-shirt. And I didn't realize like, I mean, I know that the heavier it goes, the more the shipping is. But that didn't register to me when I was setting up the Shopify store and putting in a t-shirt. So the first 10 t-shirts, I ate that shit. I paid for the shipping on that, like $5 each. People make mistakes, like when they first start. I've never been in e-com before. All my business is real estate investing and working in urban farming. Like I've never had to actually fulfill orders online. So that never registered to me 
starting out. Just like when I started FSO, I was like, Ari, I'm about to drop the site. She's like, how are you going to collect emails? Pause. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what you mean? They could just, she's like, you going to drop a free website and not collect emails? And I thank her for that, like every chance I get, because now I have like an email list is like 8,000 strong. And I could have just been sitting on nothing. No, you no probably have a bigger list than all of us. Really? Yeah. Mine's I thought you had 40, way more than me. No, mine's only 4,100. Yeah. We, we crossed like 8,000 on FSO. Yeah. The other Can day. Can you fucking yeah. imagine had you not put like a login for that shit? Right. Yeah, but that's that basically goes back to what my main point was. If you had somebody that you talked to originally and not mm-hmm. just went in head first, you wouldn't have made that mistake. You would have known, like, if you talk to somebody in e-com, talk to somebody mm-hmm. who knew Shopify, you would have never even made that mistake. They would have told you, hey, don't forget, you need to put the shipping parameters in there. Hey, mm-hmm. look, you about to launch this website? Like, say if you would have booked a console with Ari before you did it. Like mm-hmm. she would have told you immediately, Hey, you need to make sure your email list is straight. You need to make sure your analytics are right. You need to make sure this, mm-hmm. this, and that. So that's what people like they fail to realize. They don't see the value in hiring somebody who has already been there, who already has the experience. You cut down who already mistake. fucked up and made costly right? mistakes. Yeah. But look, <laughs> you, always, that was the only real mistake that I made. Like the, the e-com shit. I always call people. I'm like, hey, look at this. Just just look at it. Like Chuck, I'll be like, hey, Chuck, look at this shit. Is this right? Am I doing this right? <laughs> yeah, but and a lot of people like, don't have the network that we have. Like if you don't have mm-hmm. that network, you have to pay for experience. That's mm-hmm. just how the world works. You have to pay yep. for experience. That's how, that's how it works. That's how it goes. It's going to be cheaper to get on that 30 to 45 to 60 minute consult call and get all your shit pointed out and corrected than to spend mm-hmm. the next one, two, three years fucking up losing data losing money right like it's gonna cost you way more in the long run and your progress and your success if Mm -hmm. you want to be stubborn and not pay for the help and the mentorship and the coaching and you know get to where you want to get eventually you know i'm not saying like Mm -hmm. it's impossible to do it on your own just the people who are willing to invest in themselves are gonna surpass you and buy up and take up more of uh the mm-hmm. customers you know then and then you'll you'll get what's left when you get there if you get there exactly i was just gonna go i like i was i've been uh shadowing home inspectors for like a year just so i can get my knowledge up i didn't even really want to be uh certified or whatever and then i saw i just watched me you know i always watch uh, nita house hunter 216 shout out to cleveland uh i always watch her instagram and she just be going to you know home inspections and she'll be doing walkthroughs and then she was like you know what i'm about to have a webinar about this and i was like say less run my credit card because i'm not googling anymore i'm just gonna see how you did it and just you know follow that step and i think people just need to make that decision like am i willing to invest in myself you know am i willing to not just invest money but invest time if you're not going to invest the money because not everybody has the money like I, I didn't have a lot of money growing up and I didn't have a lot of money when I was in my early 20s like I'm just now joining the rich nigga gang okay just now <laughs> shout out to me but I didn't have a lot of money so I had to invest my time and like everybody has to invest something whether it's time or money if you don't have the money you're going to have to invest a lot of your time and I just invested a lot of my time and it took me six like if I'm I had an opportunity 
That's something we don't right? consider is opportunity. Opportunities. Find, if I would have found somebody that was successfully an urban farmer from their home to just pay, like pay them so I can learn how they did their business, I would have been making six figures, you know, selling plants and having or a whole urban farm set up. Or worked for yeah. them. Mm -hmm. If you worked for say. them and learned the business through them that way by helping yep. them out, providing them value so they give you value since you didn't have the actual money. Mm -hmm. Or just showing me you tried some shit. You know, mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm getting started in this. I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but I've tried X, Y, Z. These are the results I've gotten. Do you have time to, you know, give me any insight or review this? I'm much more likely to respond to you or even be like, yo, let's do a trade, right? Uh, with like one of my coaching clients, like she couldn't, they couldn't afford the increase in my prices, but I needed something that she provided, right? So I was like, mm -hmm. all right, let's trade. I'll do this amount of coaching. You help me do this. And, you know, You'll get my coaching. I get something done that I need to get done and we're cool. Right. And she was like, yes. So she that saved. That is so key. She saves hundreds of dollars a month. She's still making progress. Still getting coached by me. I'm getting something done that I've been dying to get done. And mm -hmm. like people win, I'm still referring her out to other people. So she's going to make, you know, money either way, you know, mm -hmm. from just, you know, I think that's what people don't consider also is like when you pay for coaching or mentorship, you also get to buy into somebody's network, right? Yep. I'm much more likely to refer somebody that I've been working with for three months and helping them than someone who's just like DMing me, asking me for shit, right? Like a lot of my clients, I refer, I'll send an email out for them. I'll share their stuff because I'm helping them build what they're building. So I know, all right, they're legit. They're getting set up properly. Let me help them out. Let me, you know, introduce them to my network, my assistant. I refer my assistant out right? Like, I'm like, no, uh -huh. she's her own business. Like she's her own woman. Go ahead, hire her. You don't need to ask me. Here's the email introduction. Right. So I think those are like a lot of the things that people don't consider, like mm -hmm. as far as like benefits when you do pay for mentorship or coaching, like when you do it right and you pick the right person, the return on investment should be 10 times more than what you paid for. Yep. At minimum. And I think a lot of people should, I mean, I, I don't say work for free, but volunteer some of your time every now and then. Like I volunteered my time when I was in film school to clean cables for a certain huge Marvel movie that was uh, in the process of filming. It was nasty, dirty work. It was cables that had been like left outside overnight. Uh, I wasn't getting paid to do that, but I impressed a lot of people just by, oh, she's showing up at 6 a.m. like to do like almost free work, but, you know, getting paid little and we just feeding her and she gets the experience. You know, I only did that for like three or four days. It was three or four days of my time. I bet These people hire me to this day. <laughs> I bet any of us would still be willing to go get our hands dirty and do some mm -hmm. unpaid shit just to get in the door and like get around the people we wanted to be around. I know I yeah. would. Like DevOps. I mean, I I'm do. Like, I'm like, I'm studying DevOps. I'm like, I have no experience building anything. All right. I'm going to start learning, sharing my projects, but I'm looking out for who's just going to take me on and like, let me work on some shit with them. You don't got to pay me. Just like, let me be around y'all and work on some shit. Right. You know, right. not a lot That's of people it. would be willing to do that. A lot, a lot of people yep. have like ego. No, I got to be paid six figures, even though I have no experience doing this shit where I'm just like, just give me an opportunity. Just like, you know, yeah. let me in. And, you know, we'll take it from there. I don't care if you pay me whatever. Just let me in and, like, I'll show y'all, you know? 
I mean, one of the home inspectors that I, I shadow is retiring. He said he's going to retire in the next year and a half. He has a client list that's huge as hell, and they're all mostly real estate investors. You know what I'm saying? Like, I shadow him for free, and he's been low-key giving me game. I don't know if he's going to give me a client list, but he gives me a, a lot of low-key game just by, you he's like, oh. make it worth his time. Be like, exactly. Give me your clients, I'll give you a percentage of any client who you Yeah. Said you I mean, I go to inspections. Anything I book. You get a percent anytime. I he's older. Him. Like I, I remember he pulled out the ladder and he was struggling to kind of get up the ladder. I was like, you know what? Let me go up there. I'll take note of what's going on up there. And I'll just uh, shout it down to you. Stuff like mm -hmm. that. And he loves that. You know, now he calls me. He's yep. like, hey, I got an early home inspection, 8 a.m. Can you come help me out? And yep. I'll go. He does not pay <laughs> me a dollar, but he teaches yep. me the game. And he's introducing me to his and his clients. Like, he's like, oh, this is Tara. She helps me out every now and then. Da -da 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 -da. I've been teaching her stuff. And now that I'm a certified home inspector. He boom. feels good referring you at minimum. Mm -hmm. at, at minimum, minimum. yes. He's already, he's already like, hey, I got this job coming up. I can't take it. Um, I'm having surgery. You can go ahead and have it. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be one of my first jobs by myself, but I've been doing jobs with him. And now that I'm certified, I'm like, yo, this is, you have to build a network. You have to put in time or money. I could have paid him, but instead I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give him my time. He's an older dude. He's cool. He's an older Jamaican guy. And now like I know half his damn clients. Right now, I don't want to get this twisted because I say it on the timeline all the time. Don't work for free. When I say mm -hmm. that, I'm talking about professionally. Like you went to uh -huh. school to get a degree don't yep. work for free for free don't ever like your degree has shown that you know you know the you know whatever it is that you're trying to get a job in like so don't mm -hmm. go and take a free internship when you got a degree or you're pursuing your degree like you know whether you're a year in two years in whatever don't do it so and if somebody's like oh well you need to work a free internship to like gain experience don't believe them like mm -hmm. i know in stem you can be a freshman literally a freshman you only been in college for two semesters and your first summer you can go get an internship making twenty dollars an hour you don't have any experience all you've done is taken um 10 courses that's it and you can go get you an internship so you really don't need to work for free when you are doing like when you're getting your degree and you're trying to get an internship don't work for free that way but when it's like you know you don't have anything showing any type of experience any type of knowledge then of course you're going to have to either work for free or work out some type of barter deal or something like that. That might be what you have to resort to. But I just want people to stop working professional jobs for free when you already got a degree. Like, you know, it's, it's totally different when it comes to internships. I mean, when it comes to entrepreneurship and you're trying to get into a new field, you're trying to get into something brand new. You have nothing showing that you have any knowledge. Like you don't have a certificate. You don't have any references. You don't have nothing. Like right. you, somebody asks you a simple question about the business, you're going to draw a blank. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, you're going to draw a blank. So if you can't do anything, you have nothing to show for anything. Of course, you're about to have to show your value and show that, Hey, like give some, you, you have to give somebody a reason. Yeah. Put the work in, give somebody a reason to want to give you an opportunity. So that's the difference when it comes to college, the reason for them to want to give you opportunity, you're pursuing a degree you interview, you're showing your, what little expertise you have now you're showing it. And when it's entrepreneurship, what expertise can you, can you show? You don't know anything. Right. You know nothing. And I would only do 
I'm only willing to do something for free and get in the door and get experience because my money's straight as far as like my, you know, living expenses and stuff. I'm good. I have the time and I can, you know, dedicate that 10, 15, 20 hours a week to work for free to get experience. And it wouldn't be for a very long time either. A month total, right? I'm gonna make I was the working most... for free for like a couple of days and that's yeah. it. And that was just to go meet the right people exactly. and they see that I have the work ethic. And they're like, Tara, give me your number. You know, I got a production coming up in a month. Exactly. Boom, that's all I needed. That's exactly. all I needed. I don't know a lot, but I'm likable, I'm charming, I'm persuasive, and I can mm -hmm. figure anything out. <laughs> you yep. know? I'm never the type of person to be on a team and be like, no, I don't do that type of stuff. I'm like, all right, Beth, that's what you need me to do? Cool. I'll figure it out. I'll get it done. And then mm -hmm. I get it done. That'll take you much further than any degree, cert, whatever. Like your attitude and your willingness to, you know, play your role, play your part and get shit done and not be stuck up about it. Man. Attitude oh. goes a long way in everything. Ooh. In everything. It don't, it don't matter how good you think you are or what you've done in life, if your attitude is like terrible, nobody's going to ever want to work with you. Nope. Nobody's ever going to want to give you opportunity because they know that you have a terrible attitude. You, you suck. Don't wanna learn. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to learn anything new. You just think you're the shit already, or you just think you're just too good to do anything. And that will really stop you from getting opportunities. So mm -hmm. attitude is really, really important. Or yes. your attitude and your like your communication and getting shit done. If you're unreliable, you can't communicate and your attitude sucks, people are gonna talk about you way more than any of your best work. Like we dealt with yep. that with a graphic designer where one of us worked with somebody and it was a bad experience and you for sure can guarantee we all know not to work with that person if we ever yep. come there. Regardless of if they change their processes, their systems, if they tightened it up, doesn't matter. You know, attitude it doesn't matter. Does job just by matter. showing up and having a great attitude. It's it's really not hard to win, and I don't think people understand that. Like you, it's you're not, consistent. You show up. You try and make an effort, and you're likable. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I've shown up to work, and there have been equipment that I wasn't familiar with because in the, in yeah. the space that I work in, there's always new technology coming out, and I was like, you know, everybody else like just bullshit. Da, 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 da. I can't believe we got to learn something new. I was like, you know what? Crisscross applesauce, pull out Google and learned it in like an hour and a half. And, you know, my boss, he came up to me and he said, he's like, I really appreciate you just not bitching and just making the effort to learn that we're not going to use them today, but I really appreciate you. And let me tell you something. I've been working with that guy for a long time. And those dudes that was bitching, they only work like here and there. And that's because we have nobody else to work. Yeah. My assistant had no experience and I pay her either two and a half or three times more than what she quoted me with no experience. But her attitude is like amazing. And like, she tries, right? So I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. I can teach you anything, right? I just have to figure out how you like to learn shit and what you adapt to you. I can teach you anything. Be a reliable, your attitude's dope and you're hungry. Like I could work with that all day. I'm willing to pay for that, right? Mm -hmm. One of the best hires I've ever had. She's just like, I tell her, look, don't work this weekend. Like, just wait till Tuesday. I don't even work on Monday. Like, chill, you know? <laughs> so, like, I hope I'm her easiest client. That's my goal is to be somebody's, like, to be everybody's easiest, chillest client. Like, we don't got to talk a lot. You don't got to hit me up all day. Like, it's in a sauna. 
this is the, you know, I give you tons of lead time. If you can't make it cool, just let me know and we'll adapt, you know? But again, it all comes down to like her attitude is dope. She's hungry and you know, she's like a pleasure to work with. I didn't give a shit what she knew, what her experience was at all. You know, I'm going to tell you this, like just going into an interview or meeting somebody, like if you're trying to get an opportunity and just telling them, Hey, you know, I might not know how to do this, but I'm willing to learn anything. Just saying I am willing to learn anything and I'm willing to do anything will take you so much further. Because just like Tara said, when she was like, oh, the other guy's like, oh, we have to learn this. I'm sure they didn't even try to learn it. But right. her showing the willingness of wanting to try to learn it and wanting to tackle it, I'm sure that that um, that looked really good to everybody else that was around her on set. Like, you can't ever go into anything saying like, nah, I don't want to learn that. Like, I don't want to learn anything new. Like, once you stop learning new things, you stop growing. And the energy just, behind even yeah, saying the, that. Yeah, like, exactly. Who wants to be energy. around someone bitching and complaining? Like, oh, bet. She's excited to learn that shit? All right, me too. Like, come on, let's Let go learn that something. shit. I will, I will put on the fakest smile and go to work because, like, we work with people that talk. All we have to, all we do is sit around and talk all day. We like they're, they're over there filming. We whispering, they gossip like, oh, hey, working with her. She always got an attitude. Hey, working with him. He always mm-hmm. late. Da, 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 da. We always got to do all the work and this person late. You never want to be that person that they're talking about because you don't get work That's like work. that. Like, wait, this person lazy. This person's lazy. I don't want to work with lazy. And you may not even be lazy. You might've been lazy one day. You might've been sick. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And now they calling you lazy and the director was like, her overheard you as a lazy person and now they're looking at you, all the, always looking at you because you stand, like you might stand still for five seconds. They're like, oh, that person will be working. They lazy. You know, that seed is already planted. You never ever want to be that person. So like there's been days where I didn't want to get up. It's five o'clock in the morning and I got to get up and go be at work and put a smile on. And I, and I do it because I know at the end of the day, like I can't have an attitude with these people because every single person in this room has a hand in my employment. You know what I'm saying? Not the people on the internet, blah, blah, blah. it's the people right. talking in this room. If they go around and they go to the next director and they go to the next gaffer or the uh, director of photography, the camera operator, like, yo, I love working with Tara. She got a great attitude, da 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 da. It, like, when I tell you, like, guys, it does wonders for me. Like, I've got people in the camera department, they wanna bring me into the camera union and like start training me as a camera operator. I got people in stunts. They're like, yo, I love you. We want to come, we let you come work in stunts. I've already been stolen away from lighting to the grip department because they love working with me over there and I love working with them. And even though I'm still lighting junkie, a lighting tech, I now have two job titles in the union. So it's just like, you want to be that person that everybody's trying to steal away and be on their team. You want to be that loved person. You want to be yep. the person that barely has any experience, but they're like, no, nah, we want her. We want her. Yep, all because of your attitude and your willingness yep. to learn. I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. going to take you so far. Like, that's how I got overseas in two years. You know, once I graduated, that's how I got overseas in two and a half years was just mm-hmm. me telling them like, hey, you know, I've never done this before, but this is what I have done and I'm willing to mm-hmm. learn and do anything. Like, I'm sure I can learn it and, and master it while I'm there. So, you know, I'm not scared to learn anything. And that's really mm-hmm. how I did it. Like, just having that attitude and then taking the initiative to get the certification that I needed, showed them like, okay, yeah, she's serious. Because what a lot of people would do is they would try to get the job, like they would get the job and then maybe they would go and, um, well, usually they would try to get the cert afterwards. So just me showing, like I was only two years into um, my professional career, like after college, and just me calling the manager saying, hey, you know, 
this is who I am. This is what I want to do. I want, I've wanted to go overseas this long. You know, I haven't done this before, but I've looked at the job rec and it looks like something that I'm interested in and something I would really want to learn how to do. Just mm -hmm. me telling him that and telling him like, I'm going to go out and get this certification. I need to get the security plus me doing that was enough. He was like, okay, the next job opening I have, I'm going to call you and hire you. But I mm -hmm. fumbled because I didn't do my part. I didn't get the security plus when I said I was going to get it. So then I had to wait for the next out opening that he had. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, just just going out there and putting yourself out there and showing that you have the willingness to learn, it'll take you so much further. And just like you said, with the attitude, like people coming into work with like a stank attitude one day or whatever, even if you don't feel that good, you still have to like pretend like, okay, you know, I want to be here because you never know like who you're going to come off wrong to one day. And just like you mm -hmm. said, that's, that's how people look at you for the rest of the time. Like, I don't mm -hmm. want them around. Like, she always got a steak attitude or she always like just not in a good mood. Like one time turns into always. And then now your name is like ruined off of some bullshit. Mm -hmm. As a black yeah. woman and as women in general, we just don't have that, that leeway. We can't do it. We can't do it. So you can't, fuck, you only get one chance to fuck up. That's it. And you don't even get that one chance. That's as it. soon as you fuck up, you are done. You gotta, That's you gotta it. work 10 times as hard to even get half the distance that you were, you know what I'm saying? Because as a black woman, we don't get that luxury. So like, if I go off on somebody at work, I will forever be known in the state of Georgia and the union as an angry black woman, because there's only so many of us in That's my it. whole union. I'm gonna be known as the angry black woman. I can't, I will not put, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I literally am known as the person that's always joking and dancing on set and and playing with the lights. That's all, That's what everybody knows. Oh, you that girl that's always dancing over there. Yeah, yep, sure am. Happy all the time, what's up? Dabbing everybody up because you wanna, you don't wanna be known as the person with the stank attitude or this person never says hi or this person never smiles. What's up? What's your outlet though for when shit isn't sweet at work and you're tired or exhausted and you need to vent or just release. How do you handle that? I, I leave the, I leave the space. I mean, most of the time when we're in, uh, when we're shooting everywhere, there's so much space. Like you can be, and we can be, if we're in somebody, somebody's house, like let's say we, we rent to somebody's house for the day, right? There's trucks all up and down the block, right? We're all over the place. So if I'm ever feeling like, Yo, I'm not feeling this. Like I can hit my boss on the radio. Like, Hey, I'm gonna take five. Well, really I'm a, I'm a 10, one, or I'm a 10, two, like 10, one is a short break. 10, two is I need a long break. So like, Hey, I, I'm not feeling it. I need a 10, one. Like they're really cool. As long as you communicate, communicate, there's no issues. So if, they're, if you're like, Hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've been in here too long. I need to go outside. You can go outside. We're in a stage. You can go walk into a whole nother, you know, studio. You can go out to the parking lot. You know, you can, there's people that literally will go outside and do push-ups. <laughs> because you you're trying to stay awake so you know I've been outside I mean we, sometimes we we play rugby in the parking lot like we'll be we'll be in the middle of downtown Atlanta we blocked off like five streets and we just have like two hours of downtime but we were working for like 14 hours so then we're like all right let's play football or let's play rugby or let's play jump rope or something like let's just do something so we can get blow off some steam because we're all cooped up in these little houses sometimes we'll be cooped up in some really small spaces like we were in the Chrysler building in an office and imagine like 200 people on one level of office building with carts and equipment and actors and lights and everything. Like it gets hot and cramped and you just like, Hey, I need to take five. I need to go downstairs in the elevator. I just need a minute, you know? And I can't let my aggressions or, you know, my anger come out at work because I have to, I, I just can't, you know? So I'll take my five 
you know, I'm like, you know what, Terry, you got a blunt at home. You gonna go home about two hours. It's gonna be okay. It's not gonna be the end of the world. A bitch is pissing me off over there. I'm not even gonna worry about it. You know, this production is not, that's another thing about film. Like, it's not like you work with the same people forever. You work with them for a couple months and then you can bow out, you know, or you can just go work on another production or you can work on a production for like three weeks and then you're like, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? It's not the end all be all. So when you like thinking about like, oh, I gotta go to work tomorrow to see this person, more than likely not. It's not the end of the world. It's not the, you know, you go home, you have it. We've had days where we've been on set and we can't get shit to work and we yelling at each other because we're in an area by ourselves. Like there'll be times like not everybody's over there and we can't figure out which light is not working or like, did you plug it into the right fucking outlet? Da, 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 da. Or, did you do this? Did you put the uh, GFCI on there? And we'll be yelling at each other and we got to take a step back and be like, it's the job. I'm not going to be out here calling people bitches and hoes and be mad for three days at work. I'm just go home and we'd be cool. And I think a lot of people would benefit from just like, just breathe, okay? Like even if you're angry or you know you want to take your aggressions out with people at work or you got an attitude, just breathe and think for a second. Is it worth it? Not really. Until we get our own city, state, area, <laughs> space, whatever, you got to be strategic and play the game. And it's exhausting. Yep. It's fucking exhausting. No one's denying that. It's exhausting as shit and it's not fair and it shouldn't have to happen. Mm -hmm. But knowing that this is the game we're all playing in some way shape or form play the game don't let mm -hmm. them get the best of you or see you down go home have friends vent boy sorry vent do what you gotta do but don't let them see you break and stick to mm -hmm. the plan and the strategy and remember the long-term goal yeah that's me right now let me like at work i have to be that person i always have to think okay tara you are one of like a handful of black women in your whole union. That means everybody knows y'all's names. Everybody know who you are. We know what department you work in. There's not many of us, you know? So if you go off, you're not only uh, setting that example for yourself, you're going to put that stamp on every other black woman. Those, that's what it comes with being a black woman. You have to understand that. Like, I can't go off on people at work. As much as I want to tell somebody, you're an idiot. The program is 61F4, not 61F2. I can't do that. I just got to let them figure it out, you know, and it happens all the time. I work with a bunch of men. You, as a woman working with a bunch of men and you got a tool belt on, it's a whole different story. They want to tell you how to swing a hammer. They want to tell you how to use a screwdriver. They want to tell you how to use a soccer wrench. It's like, I got to bite my tongue a lot of the times because I, I get mansplained like every other day. Like, this is how you do it. All right, I'm going to show you. I'm like, oh, okay, I know how to drive a scissor lift. <laughs> I had I had a coworker try to mansplain to me how to check into a hotel. And I'm like, I've been traveling <laughs> on per diem for years now. I know how to book a hotel with our travel agent and check into yeah, a hotel. Like, check into a hotel. I don't need any help with that. Like, it, and it's just it's just weird, you know, just, just being a woman and just being around a bunch of men. Like, they'll try to explain stuff to you. Like, you know, mm -hmm. hey, I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing. I don't need you to explain for me how to do this. I wouldn't be here if I didn't know how to do it. So it's just something you just got to deal with. It's very annoying. Mm -hmm. But I just, honestly, a lot of times I just ignore people. I don't even respond. Mm -hmm. Because if I respond, I'm going to say something that I shouldn't be saying. So I just look at them and I just walk away because I, I don't have anything to say. Like when you just start talking to me crazy and acting like I'm stupid, I'm just not even going to respond to you. So that, that's how I deal with it most of the time. Yeah, most of the time I don't respond or I play the dummy. Like I had somebody try to, this has happened multiple, multiple times. 
And it's not the Teamsters. It's like the actual people come up to me like, you know how to operate the lift gate? I'm like, you know what? I sure don't know how to operate the lift gate on a damn 18-wheeler. Can you show me how to how to bring the lift gate up and open the door for me? And they're like, oh yeah, let me show you. I got you. And I'm like, if I've been working in this industry for two and a half years, you would think that I know how to operate a lift gate. I'm licensed in like three different, like, you know, boom lifts, scissor lifts, fork lifts. I can drive a lot of different, you know, uh, work vehicles. So when they like, can you operate a boom lift? Can you know how to take 125 feet in the air? I'm like, you know what? I got this license and I sure don't know, know what the fuck I'm doing. Can you teach me? It happens. All right. Bees, we got you got your famous, you got famous last questions, bees. Oh. You always um, got the good ones towards the end, so I want to ask you. <laughs> I don't think I have a question today, honestly. That's usually with the guests. I don't think I have any more questions for us today. I got I like a lot. Oh. You got one? Yeah, but it's rhetorical, right? For y'all who listen this far. Excuse Silas, he doesn't give a shit. What are you willing to sacrifice or fail at, lose the next year uh, to get where you want to be or to get what you decided you want? Knowing that you will get there at some point, but what are you willing to lose? <laughs> Write that down and be okay with that. I already got mine. They already told me we got production scheduled for the next 18 months. So I'm like, I'm about to sacrifice a lot of my traveling I'm going to have to pre-plan a lot of traveling, but if I do want to travel, it's going to be planned out months in advance, but I'm about to be working for like the next 18 to 24 months nonstop. And I'm okay with that because the productions that I'm about to be working on are going to stamp me on a level to where I'm going to, my name is going to be on your streaming services at the end in the credits. Like I already have one, two episodes for a fact, we got to finish the whole season. But once that drops on that major streaming service, you will see my name rolling through the credits at the end of like primetime television shows on like HBO and like Netflix. So like I'm willing to work for the next 18 to 24 months to solidify my name in the film industry and work with the biggest heavyweights. Issa, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Issa Rae. It's the only person left you got to work with. Like, that's the only person left. You know that's what? It. She, was, she, was, she was like first... And all the other people that I wanted to work with was supposed to be after her. And I done hit every motherfucking target. Off. You're going to get it. I, you're going to work with and her next year, I the, feel the like. La the person I'm working with right now is always That's... hanging out with Issa when they back in L.A. So it's coming. I'm going to work my fucking ass off to the point where. We're going to keep you tweeting wanna her. Film a movie, yep, <laughs> if you want to film a movie, yo, we got to get Tara. <laughs> we got to get Tara on the lighting. Tara got to get her lighting crew together. She got to do. She got to program all the lights for us. She got to do that work for us. So you know it, something it, I just... That's what I want. What? I just realized like the thing I'm willing to actually like I'm I'm 31 so I'm ready to like have another kid and like do the family thing I'm finally ready to sacrifice like my uh financial success and business stuff for a while to like do the family thing and have the kids for me it hasn't been possible to do both right it always comes mm -hmm. at a sacrifice so I'm just finally in a, in a place where I'm ready, where I'm like, all right, I can, I can tone down the business stuff, the money stuff, and like, do the family thing that I want to do. And like, oh, I feel sick even saying that shit. But say it. Something's got to give, right? Something's got to give. 
No. Because what you really yeah. sacrifice. Yeah, like, I'm willing to sacrifice that for a while. I, so I think for me, I'm willing to sacrifice my privacy to get what I want at this point. Because yeah. like I want to help out so so many more people. So for me to do that, I have to be open. I can't be anonymous anymore. So it's just like, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice that privacy to help out more people, to push the community forward and to spread my book and just to spread all of this knowledge. I want to get more people into the defense industry. Like for some reason, Black people just feel like, it's not for us and we can't get in. And that's not true. Like the earlier you get in, the better. The later you get in, the harder it might be just because of things you've done in your past. So, mm -hmm. you know, I want to try to help people get into the industry and just, you know, get their financial literacy up so we can start having ownership, you know, so we can start having good credit so we can stop using these payday loan places, you know, stop doing bad things financially just because we're unaware. So, yeah, for me, I feel like that's really all I have to sacrifice at this point is that and just learning more stuff. Like I'll sacrifice my comfortability in terms of learning new things that I never thought I would ever have to learn. So mm -hmm. I'm just trying to go harder. That's that's really it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to give up being anon soon. I'm gonna hold on to it for as long as I, <laughs> as I can. <laughs> but, you know, I feel that on the helping people thing, it's only so much you can do anonymously helping people eventually I want to get out in the streets it's yeah. like I when schools were open like I don't tell people this a lot of time but like I volunteer at, a, at like two or three elementary schools one of them is, was my little sister's elementary school and whenever it was her, I go to her middle school and volunteer there as well like you know her teacher if they need help in the class or like an extra hand like I volunteer and I mentor kids and I want to do that but on a larger scale you know not just these local schools that I know a few of the teachers and you know I, I uh, drop off like pizza hut gift cards and hey the teacher needs help doing this i'll stop at kroger for them and buy them some stuff and drop it off at the school but i want to be able to do that on a larger scale you know and i think once i become unanonymous un it's gonna be amazing i'm gonna be like yeah i'm about to drop 50 racks off at these teachers <laughs> but i need to get my money up a little bit more and then i'll become unanonymous i don't got b's money yet yet Hold on now Oh, Coming man. for you, big bands. <laughs> Money bag bees, big bands. Money bag bees, big bands, and a oh, B stands oh, for bands. Big baller bees. <laughs> Hold on now. Hold on. I don't know what y'all talking about. No, you're I'm not broke. Trying to get mm -hmm. that you first far M. Broke. Nah, I'm, yeah, I'm far from broke, but I'm still trying to get that first M. So we still out here hustling. We and are out here hustling. People I can't with me. That's it. Like, I'm I want hustling until I get a few M's because I know Uncle Sam going to come for that first one. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Please it's share this episode, our podcast, our Twitter account. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Oh, shit. We got to answer this one question, though. Can you quickly go into the uh, FHA loan? So we can just mark, cross it off our list. What do you mean the FHA loan? Oh, the farm loans. So if you yeah, want to learn more loans, about yeah. the, the farm loans, you need to go to fsa.usda.gov. fsa.usda.gov. Ari's going to put that in the comments for you. That is where you can find all of the, okay, basically it's the United States Department of Agriculture. It's the Farm Service Agency. They have all kinds of uh, resources there for people that want to become farmers, that people that already are farmers that are looking for farm operating loans, micro loan programs, farm ownership loans, 
they even have a program for uh, a rural loan program where if you don't even have to want to farm, you just have to meet the uh, income requirements and be purchasing property in a rural area because they're trying to develop rural America. So definitely get on there. Um, if you want to learn more, DM me. I think I'm, I could find that person who uh, asked the question and give them all this information. But if you guys are interested in getting a farm loan, definitely look up the United States Department of Agriculture and go to the Farm Service Agency. They have all kinds of loans there. They even have emergency farm loans for uh, farms that are a little bit behind on their bills. They have Native American tribal loans. If you're a Native American, you can prove it. They will give you a loan to start your own farm. And they have a loan program for minority and women farmers and ranchers, which I will be taking full advantage of pretty soon here. But if you are a woman or a minority, they will give you more money and you're more likely to qualify for those loans. So definitely look into that. I'm probably going to actually, I'll write a blog post on it and do an email. I got you. Bet. So I'll link to the link that Tara shared, mm -hmm. but expect what FAS or FSA? It's fsa.usda.gov hold on let me type this in so all right y'all well thank you check you out oh are we gonna record next week it's father's day we can't no no my dad's birthday is on juneteenth and i, I kind of want to facetime him and you know do the facetime thing on sunday all right we're gonna, we're gonna skip an episode for father's day let's just make mm -hmm. it easy I got is. a lot of a lot of dads in my life I need to honor. <laughs> a lot of men that have a lot of men that have really been Tara got daddy. No, 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 I'm being dead ass <laughs> serious. A lot of men that like they didn't have to do anything for me when I was a kid, but they really looked out, you know. So yeah. I wanna honor them. <laughs> I wanna honor them. <laughs> I wanna I mean just like Mother's Day, you know, like a lot of people know like I didn't really have a really great relationship with my mother, but like I have like four different women step in and raise me. So every Mother's Day, like I gotta come out of the pocket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so same thing with Father's Day. It took a village to raise Tara. I wanna let y'all know that it took a whole community to raise me. I have my godfather, my father, I've got uncles that are not really my uncles, but I just call them Uncle Mike. Shout out Uncle Mike. But you know, Father's Day weekend, I try to like, you know touch all my bases just like mother's day weekend <laughs> all right i respect it all right y'all so we'll check it out in two weeks from now mm -hmm. and damn what, what are they gonna do without us they'll be all right they'll be all right they'll be all right they got like it'll be 10 fine. hours of content <laughs> yeah all right check y'all in love. two weeks thank you so much bye